0: You're listening to Energy Insiders, a weekly update on clean energy and climate policy, with Renew Economies editor, Giles Parkinson, and leading energy analyst, David Leach. Energy Insiders is brought to you by Wattwatches, providing super smart devices to monitor and manage energy use, and Solar experts in solar PV, storage
1: and monitoring. Hello, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast, Energy Insiders, with me, Giles Parkinson from Renew Economy, and David Leach, as usual, ITK
2: Analyst. David, how are you this fine day? Uh, very well, thanks, Giles, and hello to all the listeners, and hello to our special guest this week.
1: Yes, yeah, special treat for us today. Um, well, this week, um, Gemma Green from Power Ledger over in <laughs> Perth. Gemma, thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Now, look, um, Power Ledger... Um, talks about um well explain to me what it is in in a brief way why should we be getting excited about what you're bringing to the market because i hear all these things about blockchain technology which sounds very complicated and peer-to-peer trading which sounds just as complicated is there a way to simply explain it
0: i hope so shall i give it a go
1: (laughs) yes please
0: (laughs) well i mean electricity markets have remained relatively unchanged for a century big power stations, transmission lines, distribution lines, bringing electricity to our homes. And in the past decade, a new system has begun to emerge where you know, citizens have uh, power stations on their rooftops. 20 uh, percent of households in Australia have rooftop solar. And that's growing, um, you know, double digit percentages year on year. Uh, yeah, it
1: certainly is. It's um, Yeah, it's at record levels at the moment.
0: Exactly. But um, in terms of the you know, the energy network being geared up to be able to deal with small buyers and small sellers of electricity transacting with each other, it, you know, the system's about as geared up for that as a supermarket is for you know, buying your homegrown tomatoes. Uh-huh. And, uh, and what Powerledger's platform does is add a level of sophistication to these small market participants so that they get remunerated properly for their contribution to the grid and for selling electricity to each other.
1: So the way I understand it, then the blockchain technology, which incidentally is the software that's used for Bitcoin and, and other things, is able to bring each transaction, is able to recognise sort of small individual transactions and, and and take a proper accounting of it, which enables people to be able to then trade and register and account for small trades. So I might be selling a couple of kilowatt hours of electricity to my neighbour or somebody else or, or something exactly. like that.
0: correct. Yeah, and it also makes that process really efficient. So at the moment, we get our electricity bills every 60 odd days. And in the wholesale electricity market, Transactions clear every 60 to 80 days, and what our platform does is allow the um, settlement of the transaction to happen at the same time that the electricity moves across the network. And the blo- what the blockchain is, is basically a database where the actual tran, the actual movement of the good, electricity, is the movement of the financial payment, all transacted as one entry on the database. And so that's what the blockchain does is makes that process more efficient. So you get paid instantly as your you know, your electricity is spilled out onto the network and consumed.
2: So Gemma, I think uh, you've been doing some trials in Perth, but even more recently with Vector in New Zealand, who we had on the show a while ago. How, what did you learn from the Vector trial?
0: Well, the first trial that we did was actually in Busselton for peer to peer trading, which we did from August to December 2016. And that was at the National Lifestyle Villages in uh, Busselton. And that trial uh, simulated how peer to peer trading would work across the regulated network. It was a very successful trial. And the trial we've done with Vector has been adding, uh, doing actual trading and also connecting banking services, which uh, sounds maybe trivial but is actually quite a big deal because many of the banks don't want to provide financial services to blockchain companies because of concerns around. Uh, you know, the blockchain from an anti-money laundering perspective and also K- KYC, you know, your customer. So it took us quite a while to get banks comfortable that, you know, that's not what we were doing and our system could um, validate, you know, the provenance of uh, funds and also electricity. And with the Vector Trial, what we've done is add banking on, on off-ramping. So anyone can uh, transfer money from their bank account to the Power Ledger platform to purchase what is called a spark and sparks are a tokenized unit of electricity. And one oh, spark...
2: One one US cent, is that right?
0: One cent in the local currency. In the local so, currency. Yeah, in the local indigenous currency. Uh, and when they transact with each other, they basically, as I buy electricity, I send sparks to the seller and the seller receives the sparks and they can off ramp those sparks into dollars, into their bank account. And that's what we have demonstrated as a result of the vector trial. And then this week, we just announced a trial with Origin Energy, which is the largest energy retailer in Australia with more than 4.2 million customers, that we will be doing peer-to-peer trading trials with them, which is very exciting as well.
1: So that, that, How do you right. imagine this working out in the end? I mean, what's, what, what's, what's the end game here?
0: Well, I think that, that you know, regardless of Power Ledger or blockchain, energy markets are being disrupted. And what we think our platform offers is, is to – the disruption is happening no matter what, but the, you know, the destruction of value is more optional. And we believe that our platform can assist in maintaining the utilisation of the grid and therefore its relevance because the more the grid is used, uh, the, the less everyone using it is paying for it. And although customers might size their solar or battery systems for self-consumption, if they can get a good return – they will also size their systems to monetize their roof space and that is very good news for, for the grid and it's also good news for retailers as well where they know customers want peer-to-peer trading and in a you know if they're delivering products that the consumers want they're more likely to have an enduring relationship with their customers we know for example on the nem the national electricity market there's about 30% churn per year and the retailers spend a lot of money on customer acquisition and retention and if they can offer them a premium service such as peer-to-peer trading they're more likely to retain them longer term
2: that that part i i understand fully uh the part that interests me is that putting more volume through the grid um, uh, will reduce um, the average cost per unit of grid consumption Um, but what evidence is there that you will actually get more i mean there's, there's a lot of friction in that isn't there if you sell Electricity to the uh, next door. Then, basically, at the moment, you have to pay. One of you has to pay a full grid service charge.
0: Yeah. So part of the trials is looking at, at you know a discrete wheeling charge that reflects more accessing the distribution network as opposed to both the transmission and distribution networks.
1: I guess the I guess the question is is that if I've got solar on my rooftop. And at the moment, I'm selling, I mean, well, most people are getting say 12 cents a kilowatt hour back with the, putting it back into the grid. I'm lucky enough to get about 16 cents a kilowatt hour um, up here with um, with a small community energy re- retailer, um, other people probably getting somewhere in between. Would I really be able to get more um, if I was selling it to the neighbour?
0: Well, I think that the, the pricing in each market will really determine the viability. I, am, I For example... Uh, In Perth, on the Southwest Interconnected System, consumers get $0.07 per kilowatt hour for their electricity, for uh, for the feed-in tariff, but they purchase it back at $0.26. So there's quite a big variation in the buy and the Mm. sell. Uh, and, And so there is also you need to look at how much is the network component and what's the split between transmission and distribution and whether it could be improved as a result of that.
2: So we spent a lot of time thinking about that, but in the end, the transmission system has to be paid for like everything else, doesn't it? I mean, if your system results in less uh, electricity going through the transmission system, then um, uh, the the, the unit price of transmission, because of the way it's regulated, will have to go up.
0: Well, I mentioned that, you know, there is a disruption happening to energy markets, whether or not, you know, the blockchain exists or not, uh, and as we are moving to a more hybrid distributed model uh, with supplemented, like supplemented by centralised electricity, I think the business models that underpin the traditional market will need to be innovative uh, and changed. And there may be asset write-downs as well. And I think that the main thing is though that the, you know, the grid is a valuable resource and the, particularly as the distribution network becomes more utilised, uh, it could become more valuable perhaps than the transmission network, and that could be reflected in terms of how network costs are paid for.
2: That's interesting. And uh, uh, just if we talk about the technology for a tiny second without getting bogged down in layers and stuff like that, and, and, and sparks versus uh, the other powers, if um, um, each customer on the network would have to have a piece of software, would they, for the uh, ledger that uh, the Bitcoin represents?
0: Sure, so how the platform works is it connects to smart meters, Uh, it's software, and so if somebody has a smart meter and also an internet connection, then, uh, and obviously that their energy company is willing to allow them to trade peer-to-peer, they're the elements that are needed, and basically you install the software, you can put it on your your phone, or uh, on, actually, you just actually register an account on a website, and you can access that on your phone, or on, on your laptop, or your computer and uh it you register your meter number on the platform and basically it uses that to manage the uh the flow of electricity in and out of the meter and the financial transactions off the back of that
2: i guess you'd have to have stack the bids and offers up uh, to make it automated i mean you can't be looking at your uh, program all day when you're like riding your bicycle, trying to work out if the next door neighbor's got a cloud over the house or something?
0: Well, I think without a doubt, I think there'll only be a few people that will want to gamify the system, but most people will set and forget. So uh, it's about, you know, optimize the price for me and, you know, you know, basically let the platform work in an automated fashion as it's designed to.
2: And you've raised, um, uh, sorry, Giles, you've raised about uh, 17 million Dollars worth, US dollars worth of uh, power spark sales. I think and, and one, and then you had a another offer later. But are those, I'm just interested from a financial perspective. Oh, could I
0: could I just clarify a couple of things that you said, which were not quite correct. Sure. So uh, we had a we are we have a twin token system. Sparks, which is the tokenized unit of electricity, which I mentioned before, and power tokens. What power tokens are are a license and a bond to transact on our platform. So application hosts, which are uh, energy retailers, want, who want to offer uh, peer-to-peer trading to their customers will need power tokens to put up as a bond uh, which so that they can purchase Sparks and sell them to their customers. And so when the customers go to redeem Sparks for dollars, the power token is the bond that is released to fund that redemption. And so it's the way the blockchain is designed to self-regulate uh, itself. And power tokens, so the more power tokens, i uh, sorry, the more application hosts there are and the more customers that they have, the greater volume of power tokens that will be put up as a bond or in escrow, which will constrain the supply of power tokens and ultimately determine the price. And power tokens are what we are currently doing our token generation event for ICO. And in the pre sales, we sold. 17 million Australian dollars worth of tokens. And we are currently in the middle of our public sale uh, and we have uh, sold five million US dollars worth so far. And the sale goes for uh, until the 6th of October at uh, 1pm Eastern Standard Time.
2: And so can I just be clear? Could you turn around tomorrow uh, those people and and redeem those tokens for dollars? So
0: power tokens. as we're in the middle of the sale what's happening is people are basically uh, entering into the transaction to purchase them and within a few weeks of the close of the public sale on the 6th of october the the tokens will be issued to the buyers and uh it may be that these tokens are listed on some secondary trading exchanges uh, and then they'll be able to be bought and sold for, uh, in the secondary market <laughs>
1: What's been the reaction from the people with it, with the trials that you have held um, from the consumers? Are they um, do they even notice it? I mean, um, are, are they seeing improvements in bills? What's What's, what's been the feedback?
0: Well, the, uh, like as an example, the, the customers that were uh, part of the Busselton trial really loved it and they're in a lifestyle village, really some retirees. So we're really pleased that, you know, that from a technology's perspective, it was very easy for them to, to use. Um, we're currently doing um, more user experience design of our platform right now, and we're very excited to um, you know test that and see what the response is from the market. But um, you know, we believe it's pretty straightforward for customers to use.
1: And what about the resistance at the utility level, whether it's retailers or networks? Has it been a big struggle to get this across the line and, and and get them used to the or get them you know willing to adopt the idea?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. So we formed the company in May of 2016 and it was a much longer conversation with the the utilities to start off with but ultimately they were very positive once they understood the technology and the potential of it and now i think that there's a greater level of literacy and interest in the the subject and network operators uh really like uh, uh you know technology because it's all around utilization of the network and energy retailers at first glance are you know perhaps apprehensive but they recognize that their business models do need to change and Uh, For example, they can offer solar and battery systems coupled with peer-to-peer trading to their customers on a PPA and that's a premium product that that customers want. So it's a way to attract and retain uh, customers.
1: Exactly. I would have thought the retailers would have been wanting to embrace that because, as you say, there's big disruption happening. Um, the networks are probably going to get have to get their mind around um, some sort of write downs on, on, on their assets, um, as you intimated. And the retailers are certainly going to need something like this to actually keep their skin in the game because yes. um, without it... Um, If, you know, a lot of people got local generation and and local storage, um, they're going to need something fancy like this to, um, yeah, to keep people involved, to keep themselves involved. Correct.
0: Mm. Well, look, thanks for that
1: rundown. Um, Gemma, look, we might just sort of hop into some of the other news of the week, and it's been um, an exciting... uh,
2: can I just add my thanks and also mentioned that it possibly it occurs to me that the, that the corporate PPA market might might be suitable for this sort of transaction. I know that the, it gets bogged down a lot, corporate PPAs, uh, uh, for various structural difficulties. And if this kind of system is actually economic, uh, then maybe it's great.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a good point, David. Like our platform can also work in not just peer-to-peer, but like a large solar farm selling to many customers. So more of a B2C transaction uh, and also do the settlement much more rapidly than is, as is the case presently. So I think that there are many applications from a peer-to-peer perspective. But there's another product I'll just mention briefly, which we call asset germination. And it's a kind of crowdfunding model for uh, renewable energy projects, where the blockchain is also the asset and income register. So I might buy uh, 1% of a solar farm and therefore get 1% of any income that that asset would generate. So it provides developers of um, community solar or even just large solar or um, battery projects with a greater pool of capital uh, to fund their, uh, their infrastructure projects.
1: That's actually a really interesting development because presumably you can use that on rooftop applications as well as some of those localised community ones. You know, your one megawatt, your three megawatt, your five megawatt or even bigger installations.
0: Correct. Yeah, we're really excited about it. And we're currently in talks with uh, three different projects. Well,
1: that's pretty exciting. Well, good for you. Look, thanks to Gemma and um, David. Look, let's give a quick um, overview of the news of the last week. Look, I guess for me, the most exciting thing was probably the um, the Wyala Steelworks, um, the new owners there. Uh, Sanjeev Gupta, um, GFG Alliance or otherwise known as Liberty One Steel, they brought the um, these really aging steelworks in Wyala, the town that was going to be wiped off the map and have done a deal with Ross Garno's Zen Energy, solar and storage, basically to, well, recalibrate the energy source of the steel steelworks towards renewables, wind, solar, pumped hydro, battery storage, possibly a little bit of gas, and do the same thing across the nation. Um, Pretty interesting, pretty interesting um, innovation, and pretty in, sorry, pretty interesting initiative, particularly in, in the current political climate and some of the other conversations being had around renewables and baseload energy.
2: Well, that's right. Uh, you, you mentioned Giles, and, uh, you, the question we were sort of debating is whether we should even mention the. Uh, uh, Tony Abbott uh, or dignifying with by uh, those reactionary forces uh, <laughs> let's to, have that debate come on let's do it let's do it <laughs> you know my, my view is we should focus on things like Wyala uh, and the positives and and not worry um you know Tony Abbott's a backbencher these days uh who's who, in my opinion uh makes his legacy smaller and smaller every day um and um
1: I'm not going to disagree with that. My issue is with Tony Abbott is that basically he stopped being prime minister two years ago and became a backbencher, but his policies are still in place. They are untouched. And now he's putting pressure on the current incumbents to be even more conservative. And I just haven't seen their winningness or their ability to move beyond his rhetoric. In fact, if you look at the past week, they seem to be sort of catering for his rhetoric and and, and allowing it and compromising their own views and I guess that's why I think that Tony Abbott, as appalling um, as I think his sentiments are, cannot be ignored because he is having that impact on policy.
2: I just think if we follow what he says then we're always going to be second in the game, uh, playing to his game. He makes a move and we react whereas uh, what I used to find in stock breaking research was that you make the move and wait for everyone else to react to you. And so the point I would much rather emphasise, you mentioned Wyala, and I think that's a very positive point, although uh, it's still got to be demonstrated how it wants to do. But for me, the single biggest piece of news during the week was BHP, uh, Australia's largest or one of Australia's largest companies, coming out uh, explicitly in support of a clean energy target. Uh, and basically, essentially forcing the resignation of Brendan Pearson, uh, who, you know, is uh, as head of the Minerals Council of Australia. He's the guy that gave uh, our Treasurer that block of coal to show in Parliament. And, and, and uh, I think getting rid of him, quite frankly, is, is, is a fantastic achievement. And, but even more positive is BHP's support. I mean, it shows that, you know, we've got Labor who will support a clean energy target. Uh, we've got at least half and probably two-thirds of the of the uh, coalition that would also support it maybe not including the nationals we've got all the electricity industry is heavily on side and we've got some of the biggest industrial companies are also on side i mean how much you know it's time for turnbull to grow a pair isn't it really
1: well i think i wrote exactly that story a couple of weeks ago and i'd agree with that so what what game is bhp playing here um have they given up on coal have they see more interest in gas or are they just sort of sick of this whole um rhetoric and, and, and the games that the minerals council have been playing
2: i don't know what game they're playing but they're supporting a clean energy target i think that's all you need to know in a sense
1: well sometimes we need to know a bit more than that but um look it's it's very positive and as you say the corporates are coming out now in support and i guess that's the that's the message of wayala that's the message of Sun Metals. That's the message of Telstra. We've got Foster's about to go 100% renewables because their international owner, InDev, InBev, or whatever they are called, that bought them a few years ago, um, have made that pledge internationally. Um, we're seeing that um, all over the place. So um, that's, that's kind of positive. You wonder what it is that is stopping this thing from happening. Um, clearly Turnbull and Freidenberg, if they are trying to get a CET through, are having to massage it somehow.
2: Well, he said that we'll get the policy before Christmas, and if we get the right policy, I can wait till Christmas, I guess. Although, that said, we've clearly seen a slowdown in new uh, project announcements in the last couple of months, and we have seen an increase, uh, as I mentioned, in the FY19 futures price, virtually up to record levels again. Um, and that's pretty worrying. I still think this summer is an absolute major drama. I, 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 I don't think there will be, but if there was a blackout this summer in either New South Wales or Victoria, I wouldn't be that surprised.
1: Yeah, no, look, I, 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 think, um, I think that's entirely likely. I mean, just looking at the past week and the um, high temperatures we've had, um, you do wonder um, what's going to happen in summers, particularly with some of those large and ageing units. Um, some people might um, wish to make a point. <laughs>
2: So the point is to uh, get this policy announced, get the new investment happening, uh, and and, and for heaven's sake, let's get on with it. I mean, I'll never get sick of saying that.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, look, the one good thing that we do have is there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes. I think the fact that 49 of the or Finkel um, recommendations have gone through is important. I think we've talked about this before, but somebody else was talking to me about it last week and just sort of saying, well, look, you really can't underestimate the importance of that because um, that is – those recommendations, in fact, are going to change the market in profound ways and really sort of set the scene for the next generation of technology. So um, let's hope that's, um, that's going to happen too.
2: And we got a good run in the press for pumped hydro uh, this week uh, as well, although we still haven't got any new pumped hydro projects. So it's great talking about it, but there's not much action in reality.
1: Oh no, in fact the nearest one to um, fruition could be the one up here in Byron Bay, Um, the one past Mullumbimby, I think it's even, look it's it's about 600 kilowatts I think, it's down an old um, Wilson's Creek or Wilson's River, it's got a weir up there and um, the local 100% renewable energy community has just put out um, uh, an announcement and I've I've known something about it behind the scenes saying that um, they're looking at getting that back um, into operation within a year or two. And um, and I think there's a bunch of other communities looking to do the same thing. In fact, I think at a re- recent renewable um, community energy conference, I think there's about 35 different communities had pumped hydro, which no longer exists, but um, trying to bring them back. So maybe it'll happen in smaller, <laughs> in smaller versions rather than just the big ones, um, as in Snowy 2 and um, Tassie 2.0.
2: Yeah, and the Tassie project's certainly very interesting. So as you say, Giles, there's a lot going on behind the scenes, a lot of work. Uh, I guess, um, you know, sometimes you've got to let time for all that work to go. Well, we've been talking for a while today. Absolutely. Well, we're going to wrap that up um, because I think we're getting on to the 25-minute mark. So look, David, thanks for it
1: once again, and um, we'll talk again next week.
2: Fantastic, Giles. Great to chat.
1: Thank you very much. And thank you to our sponsors, Solaray Energy and What Watchers. Thank you to all our listeners. If you are listening to the podcast and you do like it, please give a response. Give us recommendations on Apple iTunes. That does help it be circulated and more easily found. And we'd love your feedback and suggestions for any topics or even people to interview. So thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye.
0: Energy Insiders was brought to you by What Watchers. Makers of ultra-smart devices to manage electricity use and costs. Accurately monitor and control electrical circuits over the internet in real time. Visit whatwatches.com.au and take control of your energy use. Energy Insiders is also sponsored by Solar Ray Energy. Experts in solar PV, storage and monitoring. They're the smart choice for consumers and business. Visit solarray.com.au and secure your energy future today.